0: Shalom to all. Today's office is Erevin Dafnun. Hey, we're starting 11 lines from the top at the beginning of the line. Today's office is sponsored. B'schos El Yochayim Halevi Ben Bracha. He should have clarity, Geshmak and tzloch in his learning. Now, the Mishnah had briefly taught us that we square off a city before we begin measuring the tchum. We also briefly mentioned what's considered part of the city and what's not. And now we're going to expound on that. The Gemara says, How we have a Harim How do we expand a city? If it's long, we leave it as it is, and the Gemara is going to explain what that means. Agul, if the city's round, law is obvious, so we make it corners. Take a look at the top right hand picture in Rashi. We have a circular city, and then we draw a square around it. That's what it means that so we give it corners. Merubas, if it's a square, Isla is obvious. So then we don't give it corners, and the Gemara is going to explain what that means. Let's say it's wide on one side and narrow on the other side. Take a look at the second picture in Rashi a little bit below where we are in the Gemara. We have the left hand side of the city, the softened side, which is wider than the darm side, the right hand side. So the Brassa says, so we view it K'ilu hi as if it's even. We take a look at Rashi. Rashi has already drawn those little dotted lines for us. That's called squaring off this city. And the brassa continues. Let's say there's a house sticking out like a watchtower, or two houses sticking out like two watchtowers. We can take a look at this in the third picture in Rashi, where we have a square city and then we have this little house protruding from the top left part of it. That's a pigum, it's like a watchtower. So what do we do with the brassa? It says, Ryan son, we view them K'ilu as if there's a string stretched out from them. And we measure from there 2,000 Amas, meaning we square off that entire area. And the process continues. Let's say it's made like a bow, as in a bow and arrow. Take a look at this next picture in Rashi. We have a city which is made like a bow, or like the Greek letter gamma, which is that next picture, which it looks like a race or like an upside down backwards L. Then, right, I saw we view it as if this entire middle open area is full of houses and chatseras. And then we measure from there 2,000 Amas. And now the Gemara says, explaining this b'risa, Amar kamashihi we said if it's long, we leave it as it is. Now what does that mean? Isn't that obvious? Why should we change anything about it? The Gemara says, we need that part of the Katina. it's long and it's narrow, meaning it's a rectangle, it's not a square. You might have thought, we should take its width and place it along its length, meaning we should double its size and now make it into a square, as opposed to leaving it a rectangle. The is When we say that we square off a city, it doesn't mean we actually make it into a perfect square, it just means that we make all the edges, and irregular parts of it into right angles, but we don't make it into an actual square. The Gemara continues explaining the B'raith said, no If it's square then we don't make corners for it. The Gemara says, Pshita, Isn't that it obvious? It's already square. The Gemara says, de de marba'a, marba'a It's squared, but it's sides, it's edges. The perimeter isn't facing the directions of the world. Ma'oditema, you might have felt, we should draw another square around it in order to have the perimeter of the city facing the directions of the world. We don't do that. Take a look at the bottom left-hand picture in Rashi. We have this diamond-shaped city. So even though it's already square, for example, the northern point of the city is just a point facing north, but we don't have an entire side of the city facing north. So you might have thought that we should make another square around it so we can have an entire side of the city facing north and then south, east, and west as we have all the different directions. And the Kiddush is that, no, once we drew a square around the city, it doesn't make a difference if it's a shape of a square or a diamond. That's considered squaring off the city. The Gemara Caneuse explained in the Bible, We have one house or two houses sticking out like a watchtower or two Watchtowers, and now the Gemara asks, Hash amrit. Now that we already said that if one house is sticking out, we're going to square it off because of that, Shnei for sure, if there's two houses sticking out, we're going to square it off. So the Gemara says, m'shtei ruchas, That these two houses are sticking out from two totally opposite directions of the city. You might have thought, rinon. We only say we're going to square off the city because of one house that's sticking out of one direction, but ruchas we're not going to square the city off in two separate directions. The we're always going to square the city off no matter how many directions we have houses sticking out of. And now we're going to spend a little bit more time understanding the next case. The Gemara says, if it was made like a bow, or like the Greek letter gamma, so, we view as if this whole empty space is full of houses and chatzers, then we measure from there 2,000 amas. And now Funa, Funa says, what about if we have the city which is made like a bow, if in between the two tips of the bow, the two bottom parts of it, there's less than 4,000 amas in between the two of them, meaning if you were to walk out, let's say, the left, one you would walk towards the right it would be less than four thousand amas to get to the other tip of the city then we're going to measure the entire tom shabbos from the yeser which is the imaginary drawstring of the bow we can take a look at this picture it has the word over here which is the rope that's the imaginary drawstring then we can measure from there. Why is that? Because when you leave one end of the city and you walk towards the other end of the city, if there's less than the amount of two Tchum Shabbos in between them, that means you have to walk less than one Tchum Shabbos in order to get into the Tchum of the other side of the city. However, the Gemara continues, the imlav. if not, if there's 4,000 Amos or more, then you have to measure from the bow itself, meaning from the actual city, and you don't gain that entire inner area. Why is that? Because if you have to walk more than a Tchum Shabbos in order to get to the other side of the city, then it kind of looks like two separate cities. Even though they're connected through the bow, at the end of the day, they're so far away from each other. Then we're not going to measure the Shabbos from that imaginary bow string. We're going to end up measuring it from the bow itself. And now the Gemara asks, "When Rav really say that he allowed so much space in between two separate parts of a city?" Rav he said, "If we have the wall of a city that broke down, take a look at this bottom picture on the right hand side." In Rashi, we have a city that's surrounded by a wall, and right in the middle of the city, there happened to have been an open space, and then the wall was knocked down. We see the top and bottom part of the picture. The wall was knocked down. And now we still want to consider it like one city that's connected. So the Gemara says, If there's no more than 141 and a third Amos space that was knocked down to the wall, that the wall was breached, so then it's considered like the city is still connected. But we see there of Huna does dozen have more than 141 and a third Amos, not up to 4,000 Amos. So the Gemara answers One is talking about when it's only open from one direction. When we have a city that's shaped like a bow, it's only open on one side, because the other side, it's still Connected to the city. Therefore, you're allowed to have almost 4,000 Amas. Whereas when it's open on two directions, over here in this picture, where we have the wall that was breached, so it's open now on the inner part of the city and on the outer part of the city. So then, you're allowed to have only a maximum of 141 and a third Amas. And now the Gemara is going to ask, Well, my Gemara, what's the chiddush of this whole 141 and a third Amas case? Do karpef lezu, karpef lezu, that we give a Karpev to each of the cities to use as its service area? Ha'am, Rav, Rav Hun already taught us this once. Didn't we have a Mishnah? And with 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 this Mishnah, we're going to understand what this 141 and a third Amos is doing over here. Non heamavais on the top, nois and carpif for ear. We give every single city a carpif of its own. It's a service area which is seventy and two thirds amas. Divrei Rabeir, that's mayor's opinion. They say loyamur carpif elabein shtei We only set a carpif in between two cities, and we're going to understand this machlekes later on non zayin abed aleph. And the Gemara continues. Veitmar Ravhuna Amar. Ravhuna said on this carpif lazu carpif lazu. Each city gets its own carpif of seventy and two thirds amas. V'chiya barav Amar. He says einois and el echol shtein. We only give a carpef for two cities to share. So we see very clearly from here, that Rav Huna considers two cities connected as long as there's no more than 141 and a 3rd Amas. Why is that? Because each city gets its own carpet, has its own service area. So 70 and 2 thirds times 2 is 141 and a 3rd. So we already see from Rav Huna by commenting on this Mishnah that he already allows two cities to be considered connected if we have no more than 141 and a 3rd Amas in between them. So why do we need to have this Memra again from Rav Huna when he spoke about this breach in the wall? So the Gemara answers, Tzricha, we really need both members. The Ashmin and Hachaf, we only Said this case of the breach in the wall mishum is because it was a mutter originally it was a whole city and only once the wall was breached is there a discussion is it considered like one city or two separate cities so therefore we allow 141 and a third amas but in the case where we have two separate cities and there were always two separate cities I might say that they do not get 141 and third amas it has to be less than that in order to consider them two connected cities and if we only said that case maybe that case we're allowed to have 141 and a third Is Mishum is because if we allow only one karpef 70 and 2 thirds Alma in between two cities that's not enough space for both of the cities to use so therefore each of them is allowed to have a karpef for a total of 141 and a third but in our case where we have a full city and now there's a breach in the wall it's not difficult for them to use because the city was always like that I might say that they're not allowed to have a breach of 141 and a third and it has to be less than that that's what the Gemara says we need both members from Rav Huna and now back to our bow case how much space is allowed to be in between the middle of the imaginary bowstring and the tip of the bow, meaning the high part of the arch. Rabbi of Huda Amar, he says, al it's not allowed to be more than 2,000 Amas, because if you have to walk more than 2,000 Amas, from the high part of the bow to the middle of the imaginary bowstring, so then you have to walk more than a Tchum Shabbos, so we can't necessarily consider that entire space as if it's full of houses and courtyards. But Rabbi of Huna Amar, he says, even if it's more than 2,000 Amas, and says Rabbi of Huda Rav he Mista'bra it's more logical to say like the rabbi why the if you want to get to the middle of the imaginary bowstring you could always walk to one of the points of the city where it's less than 2,000 amas to the middle of the bowstring and then you're walking less than 2,000 amas there so therefore we can consider the entire middle space full of houses and hatcers even if it's more than 2,000 amas from the imaginary bowstring until the tip of the city. And the Gemara explained the Mishnah we had said, diez, hasar, If there's some sort of ruin outside the city and it's 10 Tfachim high, then we can consider that as part of the city and only start measuring the t'chum from there. And now the Gemara says, diez, What are these ruins? Yehuda, shal she'en tikra. It's talking about three walls that don't have a roof on them. Rashi says, if they had a roof, so for sure they're considered a structure and we're going to extend the t'chum from there. The Gemara says, ilhu, tikramahu. What about if we have two Mechitzas and they have a roof on top of them? Is that considered a valid structure that we're going to Start measuring the city's tchom from there. The Gemara says, Tashma Elush, and and Ima. These are the things that are going to help extend the tchom of the city. Nefesh, Shieshba, Arba Amis, Arba Amis. We have a structure that's built over a kever as some sort of a guard booth, and it's 4 by 4 Amis. or a bridge, or a grave, Shieshba and Dira, that they have some sort of structure over there that someone's able to live in. Obeza Knessis or a shoal that's outside the city, Shieshba Bezdira le that the Shamish is able to live in this shoal. Kechavim or some sort of house of idol worship, that it has a place for the priest to live in and the stables and they also have to have a place for the stable boy to live and granaries and storage houses out in the fields they have a place where someone could live and huts that are out in the field and a house on an island in the sea that's within close proximity to the city that can extend the city and these are the things that are not going to extend the city if we have the structure that's built over a grave and two of its sides are broken down two of its walls are broken here and there a bridge or a grave that do not have any sort of a dwelling place around them. We have a shoal that doesn't have a place for the shamash to live. A house of idol worship that does not have a place for the priest to live. Stables and these storage houses out in the field. They don't have a place for people to live. A or some sort of coop inside the field. We have a house on a ship these are not going to extend the city. At any rate, we learned in this B'risa, if we have this structure that's built and it's broken down on two sides here and there, that that's not going to extend the city. love doesn't mean to Ikatikra that it has a roof, so we see very clearly that we only have two walls and a roof that's not considered like a structure that we can use to extend the city, and we have to have a minimum of three walls. The Gemara says, Loy, that's not a Do like a It could be talking about that this did not have a roof. And now we're going to explain something that we said in this B'risa what exactly are you going to do with a house on the sea meaning a house on an island what use does that have for you papa the finest this is like a little structure that they use to empty out all the different kalem and different utensils from the ships that are passing by and since it has some sort of use that could be considered an extension of the city and the Gmar continues explaining the brai. we're not allowed to use a cave as part of an extension of the city but that we could use a cave as an extension of the city explains she has been an and has a structure at the mouth of the cave, then it could be used as an extension of the city. So the Gemara gufe. why don't we just say that the reason why we're extending the city is because of the building, the structure itself, not because of the cave. The Gemara answers, we need the chedesh of the cave, is Lahashlim, because it's completing the size of the structure. The structure itself isn't four by four amas, therefore we also need the cave, and that's why it's the cave that's really causing the extension of the city and not the structure itself. And now the Gemara is going to talk about different types of cities. Huna, Yishvei, Tzrifin, people that live in hut, in Hutt, we only measure their tchon- from their houses even though we have a whole group of huts together that's not considered like a city why? because they're completely nomadic people live in huts are always moving from place to place and we can't consider that a city so each person gets their t'chum measured from outside their hut or their tent we have a passage that talks about the encampment of Kali on the Midbar they camped on the Yarden from he said I saw the place where B'nai Yisrael camped it was 3 by 3 parsays, which means it was an area of twenty. 4,000 square Amas, which is obviously a gigantic area. Vitanya, we have a like Nifnin. When they would relieve themselves, they wouldn't relieve themselves in front of the camp or on the sides of camp because when they traveled, they didn't know if they would travel forward or to the side, and they didn't want to travel over a place where everyone relieved themselves. Elalach they relieved themselves behind the camp, which means they had to travel far more than 2,000 Amas every single time they wanted to relieve themselves. And Klai Yisrael Midbar lived in huts, so clearly we see that this is considered like one big city even though they do live in huts. So the Gemara answers, only Rav Ravah told him, midbar you're talking about the encampment in the Midbar? Kim it says about them, al yachinu, al they only encamped and they traveled only when Hashem told them to do so. So come on, they're considered permanent over there and even though they lived in huts or tents, it's still considered as if they're a permanent city. As opposed to any other nomadic tribes that live in the desert and they're moving from place to place constantly, that's not considered a city and they measure their tchum from where their house is and not from outside their entire encampment. But now the think comments on this. If there are three chatzeres, and each of these chatzeres have two houses in it, that's considered a kvius, that's considered a permanent city, and then we're going to measure the tchom from outside this area. And once we mention these tent dwellers, people that live in huts, and they're constantly moving from place to place, and these people that live in the deserts, kind of like the Bedouins, these nomadic tribes, this is not a normal way to live, and And their wives and kids are not theirs. And we're going to explain this in a minute. We have a brass like this. He says, It's as if they're living in the kever, in the grave. Why is this? Rashi says, It's not a very enjoyable life. They're always exposed to all the different elements. And on their daughters, it says, Cursed is the one that is with an animal. Now we're just calling them this because they were illegitimate. Why is that? My time asked the Gemara. he says, Because they don't have bathhouses there, all the men would have to go to the city to the bathhouse. Then this entire area was left without any men to guard it. And uncouth people would come and be with these other people's wives. And therefore their daughters are illegitimate. Since the women have to go far away to the mikvah, they all go together. Other people know that they're going to the mikvah. And then men can meet them along the way and be with them. So, their daughters are going to be illegitimate. My benau, what's the difference between these two answers? Benau, the difference is, na'ara if they happen to be in camp near a river, so then the women could go to the mikvah at the river, people wouldn't know that, and then their daughters would technically be legitimate, as opposed to the men would still have to go into town to go to the bathhouse, and then we would still have this issue with their children. And now, once we're mentioning different types of cities, Amrav Huna, call in Bayerik, any city that doesn't have vegetables readily available, are not allowed to live there. Why? Vegetables are very cheap, and they fill you up, so therefore, are able to live on a very low budget the Gemara says, Lementayarma Aliya, does that mean the vegetables are good for you? Vatanya we have a brisa, Schloisha, the three things, marbanesel that increase a person's excrement, the kaifenes a kaima, they make a person have bent posture, vanilla and echarme chamishmeasu mar anushul adam, and they take away one five hundredth of a person's eyesight. The Eluhain, and these are them. No involvement alpha on top, pas kiber, bread made out of inferior flour, the shaker chadash, and new beer, the and vegetables. So we see the vegetables are not good for you. The Gemara says, like hashtag sounder palm, habitumi vikart. One's talking about garlic and leeks, which is very good for you. Habasharyaki, this is talking about other vegetables. That are not good for you. Kizitani, we have a brisa. Shum, garlic, yarek, that's a good vegetable. Kreshin is yarek, That's like half a vegetable. Nearit's nine. If you see a radish, near Sam So then you've just spotted some life-giving elixir because radishes are amazing for you. The says Vatani, we have a brasa. Nearit's nine, Nirasama. If you see radish, you should run away. That's poison. The mor says like hash, it's also nice to your Kanba'alen, one is where you see the leaves, the leaves are bad for you. Kanbi mice, one is talking about the bulb of the radish itself. That's very beneficial for you. Kanbi mice one is talking about during the summer and one is talking about during the winter and we're going to pick up talking about more cities tomorrow but for now everyone should have a wonderful day